afternoon, guys, and welcome to Talking Trade. I'm Ash Francis. You might know me best from Bricklow Social Club. As you can see, this is a bit different to my garage, and we're going to be talking about nightmare customers. Uh, we've got a few guests in today. We've got Craig Wilkinson, and we've got Andy Stevens. Uh, is that Andy Stevens? No, Adam Stevens. Beg your pardon. Um, and I want to get your comments in, and we are going to be giving away a hoodie, one of these bad boys. So, Craig. Tell me about yourself. Thank you for having me on, Ash. Yeah. Craig, I'm a carpenter and joiner by trade. Yeah. Uh, been in game for 28 years. Built, grew, and successfully sold a construction company. Yeah. So now I'm retired. I'm a retired joiner. How old, sorry? How old? 51 this week. But I, reti I retired 10 years ago. So there you go, chippies. You sell the business, retire at 51, and you can look as good as he does. <laughs> um, Make sure you get your comments in. We're going to uh, go over and play a VT in a second. Um, yeah, just have a look at some of this content, guys. Um, I was working in the Lake District. Uh, there was all the floods, so this lady's job got postponed. Um, a few days went past, and I was the first person to be able to get up there to do the job. So I set off driving. However, we found out the journey should have been half an hour. However, the bridges had been washed away. She just wouldn't have it. She was being a nightmare. So anyway, I bit my lip, I got there and um, started doing the job for her. She was just rude from the word go. Uh, I put the underlay down, the grippers down, rolled the carpet out and she'd measured it half a meter short. So I went down and brought the good news to her, at which point she became my best friend. Because um, she realized it was her mistake. So she begged and pleaded me if I could join it up out of the waste so I did and I made a perfect job of it and I said to her look seeing as you've been messed around um, I'll do this for free I walked to the van got the invoice I walked back up to her and uh, she slammed the door in my face so I knocked on the door she opens I said excuse me you got me invoice to pay and her words were not my problem you should have been here last week take it up with excuse my language um, so this is the week before Christmas as well and I'd also heard her saying that she was going to assist us for Christmas that day so I uh, went to pets at home I spent about 30 quid on crickets locusts beetles <laughs> uh, anything that sort of reptiles eat from pets at home and yeah they all lot went through a letterbox <laughs> <laughs> Craig have you had any horror stories like that yourself? Have you had customers where you feel where you've had to put something through the letterbox to try and get the readies out of them? Do you know what? I've, I've not had any uh, horror stories like that where people have not paid me and I've had to do things like that, but I've got a cracking story about a cat, a cat woman. You know, 28 years beating building game, I've just about seen, seen it all. Yeah. But there's three real stories that stand out to me that still haunt me today, even though it's a decade further down the line, and one of them involves a cat. Go on then, so tell us the story. What is the story about the cat? Well, it was great because we got I got an inquiry coming. Uh, I had a loft conversion company. Right. So I got an inquiry coming, and it was quite local to us, where I lived, which were great. So went round, knocked on customer's door, went in. Lady aged about 50-odd-year-old and, and a husband. But when we walked in, the whole house was like a shrine to cats. <laughs> now, usually, and forgive me for saying this, but usually when you've got an elderly couple like that, 
they've got no children, so the cats, the pets become their children. So I went into court this job. I'm walking around every single tread on the staircase going up to measure loft, little porcelain cat. There must have been 200 cat photographs around the house itself. And as you do, when you're measuring up for a loft, you've got to go in all different rooms. Went into all bedrooms on the bed. She must have got 50 soft toys of cats. Anyway, we caught it job and we won it. Yeah. We started the job and on day two, she came downstairs with some cat ear muffs on, saying to us, you've got to calm down with the noise. My cats don't like it. She got five cats. What she also said was, you can't let the cats out. Now, bearing in mind, we're doing a loft conversion, right? It's an eight-week job. We're taking the roof off the house. Cats climb into lofts. And she said that we couldn't lose the cats. She actually took her cats out on the garden with a lead, and all the litter and everything, all the mess they did in the kitchen. Anyway, we're a couple of days into this job, and obviously, as you can imagine, plumber's draining eating system down to get rid of boiler, yeah. opens back door, all five cats run out. So all the cats have gone. She's running around garden screaming, crying her eyes out, babies have gone, babies have gone. Me and all my lads are stood there going, she's crazy, she's crazy, this woman. Anyway, long and shortly all, she had us out with uh, uh, cat litter, cat food on the drive, shouting, Poppy, Poppy, you know, 10 builders running up and down the street, checking cat litter and food, trying to get a cat's back. Now, luckily, one of our lads had brought a boxer dog in his van. Right. The cats ended up coming back onto a few cats came back onto a drive, so we just let Boxer Dog out. Boxer Dog came out, banded on drive, eventually got the cats back in. But now the problem is, she won't let us make any noise. We couldn't open any windows and any doors. So, how do you do a loft conversion on a house where the woman's absolutely nuts? <laughs> absolutely nuts. You can't, you can't at all. I mean, the, the only time that what I can think about right now, talking about uh, having a crazy client uh so to speak would be uh i got offered out she every time i went around there in the morning she would come down in a dressing gown she'd have no clothes on underneath and she'd be offering me a cup of coffee and she'd be like morning are you all right and i'd be like yeah yeah i'm all right and then she'd be like oh can you just come upstairs and i'd be like i can't i've got to get on down here and it just got really awkward um and it got to a stage where i kind of had to say look i can't work around here no more I'd love to, but I can't. The money was great, but yeah, it was a it was a tough one for me. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna go over to Adam, Adam Stevens. Um, oh, here we go. We've got some comments. A bloke said he'd done a load of work up at my eighty-four-year-old mum's house. Uh, so I sent my builder hubby round. The work hadn't been done, and he stuck the cash back through the letter back for a letterbox. Oh, it's kind of him. So. What would, you, what would you do? I mean, so she's gone round there. To, um, I don't know where it's gone. It's gone, it's gone. Um, the work's been not been done, been paid. Um, and then if it turns out he's not done the work and he's put the money back through the letterbox. Well, that, that's that's obviously a builder that's got a bit of integrity in it because most people would just pocketed money and run. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know how integral some builders are. I mean, a lot of them, uh, not a lot of them. I mean, a lot of you guys out there, we... Uh, we're all honest working men, um, but there's, there are many cowboys out there that do will take the money and they do run. Um, so that doesn't come down to nightmare customers, that's nightmare builders. Um, 
So next one. Hi, guys. You're all looking great. Cheers, Bettina. <laughs> Very kind of you. Have we got another comment down there? Hello from Melbourne, Australia. Still in lockdown. Over 200 days. Let's chuck that in there. <laughs> I'd rather be in Melbourne, Australia. I'll tell you that. Yeah, it's a bit cold up there. Where we are, Birmingham. You've come down from Sheffield and I've come over from Manningtree. Yeah, it's cold. It's cold around here. So we've got, we've got Adam. Adam, Adam, come on now. Adam. Yeah, we are. Yeah. You're How are you right. doing, mate? You good? Thanks for having me. No, you're all right. Thanks for having me. It's my first yeah, time. Yeah, all good, this, mate. So. Yeah. Hey, bud. So, tell, tell, tell <laughs> us about yourself, Adam. So, yeah, I've been um, I've been sparking with my old man since I was about 13, uh, learning the trade, weekends and stuff like that, on school, you no know, holidays and stuff. Uh, getting my old man beast in there around, sending me under floorboards and in lofts and stuff. Um, yeah, I've been in the game now 20 years, like, so still doing it, still at it. My knees are on where they are, but... Uh, looks like we haven't got Adam Nays bad signal. Um, so, look, what we're going to do is we'll go and we'll look at the next VT. I want to say to you now, guys, put your seatbelts on for this because this is naughty. I've got a sore in my hand, bruv. What? I'm trying to work over here. What's the yeah, problem, Yeah, so mate? am I. I'm trying to f***ing work indoors. I'm sick, sick of all... All right, all right. Calm down a little bit, mate. What do you mean, calm down? Problem, I'm fed up with this. You've been doing this for about um, three weeks now, isn't it? I'm just trying to work, mate. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, and so am I. And all it's going all into my garden as well. Well, I do apologise for that, fella, but I don't really control the elements out here. No, so well, I can't maybe really not. Well, you could move this. Well, you could move it back over there. Work, that we were out Say again. I said you was already informed that we were going to be out here. Yeah, I know, but you can move that over there, can't you? It doesn't need to be up against my fence, does it? My cable don't run that long, and this is the only extension cable. That's a mixture of night, nightmare next door neighbours and a nightmare client. I mean, she had a dog that's been uh, going to the toilet, trainees have been standing in it, running through the house. Yeah, nightmare. So, Craig, do you know what I think? Neighbors. Listen, I'll tell you what, I don't know about next door neighbours. I think sometimes customers feel like they own you, yeah. just like that woman there. You know, I'm paying you, you do as I say. And and that's that's the wrong way around. Another story for you. I went to, again, look at a loft conversion. It was arguably the biggest loft that we'd ever quoted in all the years we'd been doing it. £176,000 worth of loft conversion. So as you can imagine, we've been out, we've surveyed it, we've priced it. We've, I've gone back out to see the customer again. And this is what I mean about customers feeling like they own you. I'm sat down with, with both customers 
husband and wife one evening and we're going through the whole project. We're going through the quote one by one, everything that we've listed. And he turns around to me at the end and he says, listen, I'm not saying I don't trust you, but I want to see your bank statements. I'm like, what? what? What do you mean you want to see my bank statements? I've come out, I've given you a quote, that's it. Now, the reason what spurred him into that is we'd just gone through our payment terms and the T's and C's and the interim payments, and his argument was, hang on a minute, mate, I'm paying you all this money. You want 30, 40 grand up front in big chunks. And he's sort of like dictating to me on what he wants us to do. And I'm thinking, hang on a minute, I I'm here to, to do your loft. If you want your loft financing, pal, you've got to do it yourself. Yeah. You've got to self-finance it. I'm not, I'm not your bank manager. So I tell you what, rather than me showing you my bank statements, why don't you show me your bank statements? Because how do I know that halfway through this job, you've not got the money to pay me? If you want your job financing, pal, you do it yourself. I'm not your bank manager. And I think many, many customers, regardless of what trade you're in, many customers feel like because they're paying you, they're in control, they own you, they want you to jump, jump through hoops. And I'm sorry, but that's, that's not how we work anymore. No, and have you ever been in any, any situations where you've had customers not paying you? And how have you dealt with them? In the, in the early days, yeah, because as a naive trade as I were, and I think many of us are naive, you know, we take, we take any, any amount of work on, we don't have payment terms in, so you get to end at job, and usually it's the extras. Oh, while you're here, can you just do me this? While you're there, can you just do me that? And you get to a point where you feel obliged to actually do it. Yeah. So you do it, you rack it up, and at the end, you put your bill in, you put your invoice in for extras. They never want to pay it, and that causes arguments. And at the end of the day, for them people that don't get the T's and C's sorted and the payment terms, they just take what's on offer because they want to get the money in. Had they sorted out the payment terms in the first place, then none of that would have happened. Yeah, so for me, I mean, a lot of stuff that I deal with is commercial-based, uh, and we're talking hundreds of thousands of pounds. And the way that these large companies deal between uh, deal between themselves with their QSs and stuff, they they literally we put in a valuations and they that's it they take away seventy fifty uh, hundred million pounds just like that stop all payments, and for me that's like a nightmare client because you do a job you really work hard you get a job you follow the program you knock it out and then you find out that we're not getting paid for it even if it's not your money it's your company's money it's horrendous. So. Nightmare, nightmare customers. Do you know what? I think a lot of the time, you know, nightmare customers, how do you identify a nightmare customer? Because for me, there's two types. There's the ones where you go out and you know from day one that they're just going to cause you grief because they're asking every question, they're demanding this, they're demanding that right from day one. And then there's those where you start the job and then the nightmare customers unfold. Yeah, so it's knowing them nightmare customers when you walk through the door. Um, have we got any more comments down there to have a read? Uh, walked off a job this morning, walked into a house and I've been decorating and the guy has been f filling finished walls last night with a torch. I lost the plot. We've all been there. We've done that. Uh, yeah, you've been gone, you never picked up some work after someone else has been there. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd say that, that that leads on to a great story. My wife's from Glasgow. Right, so uh, about 10 years ago, we were going up to Glasgow to see her family, to spend Christmas with her. Now, back in them days, I got, I got my phone and I got a work phone, but I always took the work phone with me. Christmas Day morning in Glasgow at my mother-in-law's, kids are just unwrapping the presents. 
phone rings yeah. and it were a customer that we're doing a job for. Now, we didn't even do, we didn't even do the plumbing. She wanted to get her own plumbing and eating engineering yeah. to do the ensuite. So we said, yeah, fair enough, go and do it. Christmas Day morning, she's ringing me saying that the soil stack had come undone behind the back of the steels and she got all the soil and all the wall piss and crap coming through a bedroom, a bedroom ceiling actually on Christmas Day. The thing was, it wasn't even any of our team. It weren't our lads. It were her. It were her own plumbing and eating engineer that had been in and done plumbing. So it's got nothing to do with us. But, you know, you can imagine Christmas Day morning, nightmare. you know, all coming through your ceiling. Yeah. Christmas Day nightmares. Um, guys, you've just joined us now. Hoodies. Yeah. We're going to give away a hoodie to one of you guys. If you drop a comment in, we're going to have a read it out. Uh, and we'll read out the uh, winner at the end when we've finished. Uh, we're going to go into a, another VT now. Oh, comments. Oh, sorry. Uh, I remember a bit of an odd customer when I was a joiner. He used to shave while sat talking to me. Uh, odd customers having a shave. Yeah, well, listen, customers are a lot of themselves, aren't they? You know, we, you know, we, we've been into customers' houses before, you know, to, in the morning, we get there at half past seven, we let ourselves in and, you know, we go up into the bedrooms and you hear all sorts going off behind closed doors. Yeah, I mean, like, it's just even having turning up at a job and the geezer comes out and he's in his boxes with his mug of tea and he's just walking around willy-nilly. It's like, mate, put some clothes on, I've got to work with you, yeah? Um, so we're going to try and go back to Adam now, if we can, if we get through to him. He's probably walked half a mile down the road. Hello, Adam, you all right? Oh, yeah, mate, yeah, sorry about that, I got uh, cut off. Is he there? Oh, what, mate? Yeah, yeah, me. God, so we, we didn't quite, yeah, we didn't quite catch you. So just yeah, I'm here. Yourself. I'm here. Yeah, mate, you introduce yourself to us and we'll have a conversation. Right then. So we're going to, we're going to the next VT we've got uh, and we're arguments at the doorstep. Now, having an argument with a, a scaffold. Oh, it's the scaffold. We're gonna we're gonna go to the scaffold. You can tell it's my first time doing this, guys. I'm really sorry. There you go. Well we have, mate, yeah, but unfortunately yeah. we've got to come and do this for <laughs> like you. No That's the sad thing time about time. it. We haven't got time to mess around with people like you and I. <coughs> I'm sick to death of people right, not said, paying. Get it done. Thanks, mate. Right. Right. Go on then, lads. Let's take it down. <laughs> Bye, mate. Nightmare. 
customers not paying. As you've, we've just had this conversation, but revenge. What have you ever carried out revenge? Do you know what? It's it's a great feeling to have, I suppose, especially when you've had them customers that just cause you grief and sleepless nights. I think from our point of view or my point of view, we've never really done revenge, but it's always sweet to see things like that with scaffolders, you know, going around people's cars and things like that. But do you know what? It does get the money, doesn't it? It gets the money at the end of the day. Cool. So you've got you've got to push you've got to push them clients to pay you because they feel like they can they can hold the money because they hold the power. Well, you don't. <laughs> you've got to pay up. If we've done the work for you, you've got to pay us. Uh, I mean, on the scaffold front, I mean, I mentioned earlier, but I'm pretty sure if that customer was to start touching that scaffolding, that's a criminal offence because you're not allowed to tamper with scaffolding. So I don't know where he would land. He'd probably end up with a fine. Um, <laughs> so yeah, revenge. But I want to know a bit more about you, Craig, and what you do now that you've retired as a carpenter. Um, you mentioned that you were a chipper, you do a lot of loft conversions. But where, where are you now in your career? Yes, yeah, so after, after I sold, sold my business, uh, I had lots of tradespeople saying, I remember you working 90 hours a week, robbing Peter to pay Paul. You know, have you got to where you are? So I founded something nine years ago called the Elite Business Academy. And now we help other tradespeople predominant to do exactly the same, build and grow and scale their businesses the right way without having all these problems that many of us encounter. And where, where are you based? We're based in Sheffield, but we've got members all over the UK. And, and, and what is it? And so what is it you're actually doing for, if I'm just your local builder, I turn, come and knock on your door and I say, what can you do for me? What is it you actually do for the, for the community of builders out there? Well, first thing, we get them networking. You know what it's like now. You know, there's a shortage of labour and things like that. So we get all of our trades networking, really easy to pass uh, referrals and contacts to each other. But then we help them out with things like business planning, marketing strategies, how to stop working stupid hours, how to put your terms and conditions in place and all this type of stuff to make sure that you don't end up with nightmare customers. Yeah, it's getting out of that situation when you have got nightmare, situa uh, nightmare customers. It it's, it's so difficult, isn't it? As you know, um, any of you guys out there, send your comments in and let us know about your uh, your nightmare customers. We've got some down here. Let's have a look. Uh, working for a firm, nearly four weeks chasing wages and then always saying that we've been paid. You're paid. Had to leave us there with no confidence. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've had clients like that. They say, oh, we've paid you, we've paid you. And you, you, you're checking your bank out constantly because you've got the lads there waiting. They want paying. Um, but they haven't paid you. So then you're, you're trying to find a happy medium is do I carry on nudging them to give us a payment or not? Yeah, so. I, th I think it's a twofold approach, isn't it? Because in commercial sector, you know, the big boys, when you're working for big boys, you're on your 90-day your payment terms and all that type of stuff. And that strangles small, small, small tradespeople and small companies. But then you've got the flip side, which is, you're domestic, you're residential, which is what we were in. You know, we had our pants pulled down too many times. So it's a case of you've got to you've got to look after yourself first and get everything in place to make sure that you're not subject to your customers trying to have your pants down and rip you off. Yeah, because we've all got mouths to feed. Uh, have we got any more comments down there? Um, what's the weirdest way someone has offered to pay you? Oh man, listen, <laughs> yeah, well, well, listen, these these. The sexual favours, which we've had. I personally haven't had it, but some of my lads on some jobs have had to come off at jobs and say, listen, it's uncomfortable. You know, whilst we're there 
you know, working, you know, things like this happen. Uh, it's favours, like for like, well, you do this for me and I'll do this for you. Bitcoin now, Bitcoin and all people now that have been approached, so I don't want to pay you cash, can I pay you in, in Bitcoin? So there's all different ways in which people are trying to wangle out. But at the end of the day, listen, we're builders, we're tradespeople, it's cold hard cash, yeah. that's what we need. Cash, yeah. I, I think, yeah, I think for me, probably the weirdest one has got to have been the sexual favour. Not weird, but it's, I, I went there for 250 quid, I didn't go there for a 69, do you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, speech. Let's have a look at the next comment. Um, I remember seeing a bloke ripping down a wall which he just built due to no payers. Would you do the same thing? I, I would do the same thing. If I've paid for their materials, I've built a garden wall, and someone's not paid me for it, and they've had ample opportunity to pay it, wall's coming down. I, I, I understand it, and I get it, and I've, see, I've seen things, you know, on the, on the tools, yeah. yeah, on their amazing videos that they put out where people go and do retaliate. I think from, from my point of view now, it's like, it's great doing that and it must give you a good satisfaction, you know, sprint sledgehammer through your, your porch that you haven't paid for. But, it, but then you've got to think about your reputation and things like that now. And there's all these keyboard warriors out there, all these customers that just jump to social media, jump to giving you a one-star negative review and that can bring the whole lot down. Yeah, do you remember the uh, the guy with the digger inside the travel lodge? Was it? He yeah, yeah, play. yeah. I've seen that one. Yeah, goes in and smashes up reception up and everything like that. Is it a nightmare customer, nightmare boss? It's, it's the same thing in it almost. Um, are we gonna? Have we got another comment down there? No. All right then. So I'm hoping that you guys have all been commenting. We've got the hoodie here, um, and we're going to reveal who's won the hoodie. Let's go, drum roll. Winner, Sean Bucko, you have won the jumper. Make sure you message on the tools, your name, address, details, your size, all of that business, and they'll get that sent out to you. Um, thanks for having Craig here with me today. It's been a pleasure. Um, thank you guys for putting up with me. Obviously, new new setting. It's not my garage anymore. Um, yeah, Craig, it's, it's been great, mate. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Cheers, Ash. Cheers, Craig. That was Craig, Craig Wilkinson. Uh, again, I'm Ashley. Thank you for joining us on Trading Talk. Hopefully you'll see him again next time. I've had a fair few blunders, but <laughs> who knows? See you next time, guys.